Hey, what's going on? This is Peter from Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. And this week, me and Perry are at Alewife in LIC, Queens, hanging with CEO and co-founder of the Beerly Legal Group, Patrick Doniger, for a special two-part show. Patrick was a great guest, and we had a lot of fun chopping it up with him. He's got a ton of exciting new ventures that he discusses over the course of the two shows. And the stuff he's got going on will light up the craft beer scene, so we know you're going to dig what he has to say. Real quick before we get to the show, on Sunday, June 3rd from 1 to 6 p.m. at Absurd Conclave, located at 360 Jefferson Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn, BTBT is hosting a bottle and can share extravaganza event. The event features art, music, food pairings, and lots of craft beer. We ask that each attendee bring a small amount of craft beer to the share with them, whether it's bottles, cans, or homebrew, it's all good. We rented out this beautiful venue decked out with art from local artists, and we'll be providing food for all attendees. Plus, everyone who comes will get a 16-ounce BTBT glass. There will be a bunch of prize giveaways, a few surprises, and not to mention a lot of craft beer waiting for you. A portion of the event proceeds will be going towards charity. Shout out to event sponsors, Homebrew and Hand Grenades, Brew Spice, Custom Craft Coasters, Tavor, and Barnacle Coasters. You can get tickets at eventbrite.com, or you can visit beertodaybeertomorrow.com, or by clicking the link in this week's show description. We hope to see you on June 3rd. Now grab a few brews and enjoy this week's show. It's a lot of fun. Cheers. Say hey, what's going on, everybody? BTBT is back in Queens, hanging at Alewife, one of the best craft beer bars in New York. Perry, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Glad to be checking out some new spots. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad it's a, a back-to-back shows in Queens. Feeling, feeling really good about that. And we're here with a very special guest. Sir, please introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. <laughs> My name is uh, Patrick Donaher. You know, let's jump right into it. So how did you get involved with Alewife and in the whole the whole bar lifestyle? Bar life? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Go. Uh, oh, can I curse in this? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> curse all you fucking want. I'm not a... Uh, where do I go? Where do I start? Well, I'm a fourth generation bar owner. I mean, my, both my brother and I are first generation in America, I guess, as bar owners. Mm. Um, grew up working in a family business. Like before school, lunchtime, after school, every seven days a week. So, um, always wanted to, you know, I guess it was just ingrained from a very early age to um, be my own boss because, you know, taught yeah. from day one. But never really, uh, when my parents retired, I went and became an electrician. Um, don't have the personality or the head for college. I always wanted to do my own thing, you know, I love taking things apart. And so, Done that went down that route and then uh, immigrated from Ireland in about 15 years ago and doing electrical work and then I doing a bar one time and I went um, ended up over here and that they were looking for bartenders and I jumped in and started bartending from there within a couple of months I was managing it and the electrical work started slipping away and I started just going mental in the bar life in New York City which you know back th- back then I'm sure still is now was little bit out of control um, worked in clubs worked everywhere really got a break from a guy then years ago um, to start up a bar in Brooklyn called the Cherry Tree so that's where I really put my ownership into my ownership skills management skills I guess into uh, action so created a little uh, beer bar there, down there I don't know like 10 11 years ago now and um, at the time it was really only the gate down there and um, Bobby's place and he uh, I, I would frequent that quite often and um, we were selling craft beer from day one. Um, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of want for it back then, but slowly, slowly it came, and it came slow, like you know, 
people are used to drinking their three dollar beers and then I was charging five, six bucks for right. Sierra Nevada uh, yep. post uh, three point lager and six point actually six point was where I really learned everything. Um guy uh, Jeff Gorlikin. Thanks John. Uh, Jeff Gorlikin came in one day and we were just discussing beer and righteous rice, sweet action, everything like that started flowing constantly at my bar. Got a big education from them and it went absolutely mental after that. Uh, where did we go from there? And then uh, my brother approached me and said he wanted to open a bar in Manhattan. Would I be able to do the same thing as I'm doing a cherry tree? So I took on that project and worked with him and uh, we opened Rattling Home in a couple of months. And then I was there and my wife was in Brooklyn at the cherry tree. So it was trying to do both. And then we got crazy busy at Rattling Home. So uh, we ended up leaving Cherry Tree and, and moving to the city. And we, because that place just took off, like, fuck, I don't know. Just insane, you know? It was only like the Tiger, uh, Ginger Man, really, at the time, and DBA were the three main bars in Manhattan that were just beer bars. So, right. you know, we, uh, yeah. And people thought we were crazy opening up a beer bar beside a Ginger Man. It was like, you know, it's midtown Manhattan. There's millions of people here. There's plenty of room <laughs> for another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, but it was cool. Bob from Gingerman came in and wished us the best. And, you know, it grew from there. We grew. I, many of the people I met and worked through then are still very close friends of mine now. I even work with a few of them. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's it was a relationship. We busted our ass for a couple of years. And then it was time for me to move on. And I went out and opened up my own stuff. And Danny Lanigan uh, opened up, contacted me, actually, when I was at Rattling Home. And I said he was going to do something wrong in the city. It's like, okay, I didn't really know the area at all. Uh, I lived in Queens before, but I never, I always, seven train just went right by here, you know? Never got out, never right. got out of here. Smoked pot down here, but overlooking the city, <laughs> but I never, uh, I never really uh, went out here. At LAC bar, maybe, you know, that would be the only thing. Mm. And uh, so I helped him raise money for here with investors and people I knew through the industry. And, and then the place kind of went under a little bit. I'm not too long after opening. So at that time I was kind of leaving rattling home and trying to venture out my own and figure things out. So I ended up coming with on board with Daniel and taking the place over and trying to get the place back financially healthy. And it's been five years later and we're still getting there. So the idea of, of starting with Alewife and, and seeing if I was good enough to keep this place going was a test for me to open everywhere else. And I did, I opened three other places and helped with a few others. And um. The idea for here was always to do a brew pub, and it looks like I'm just a couple of weeks away now from finally fucking installing that thing, you know? So I've been homebrewing for 12 years, and nice. now we get to do it, but I don't trust, I wouldn't give you one of my beers, you know? It's like <laughs> I hired a head brewer to do all that for me because he's way better, you know? You stick to your strengths, and I like to mess around with beer, but, you know, maybe later on I'll, I'll learn from Karen and, you know, cover him when he's off or something like that. And, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. Like, it's been a long, long road. And a lot of ups and downs, stress, everything. But, you know, I love what I do. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's I, the whole story. We done? That, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I, thank you. Uh, You've listened to this week's show. Um, but uh, so, so tell us, when did you have, start having the idea about the, the brew pub? And what was the process like putting that all together? Brew pub came to me five years ago when I took over Alewife. I was like, this place needs to be a brew pub. And was there anything else in LIC already brewing back then? No. Don't think so. So you, you would have been the, the lead if you know. <laughs> yeah, if you could have started I just, early. I just had no money to fucking do it, you yeah. know, and I and I needed to learn a lot more about it. And um, so 
it kind of pushed me in the direction. I was like, you know, Long Island City was struggling back then, and it was, it was really, really hard to do business here. We couldn't get people out here. It, you know, maybe the bad rep it got because it was very expensive when I before I took it over, and then it was like pulling them people back and new people moving in. The apartments blowing up here were very expensive, and you know, it was a load of factors. I don't know what the hell, but. I stuck it out because I really believe that I need to put a brew pub in here and I always wanted to do that since the first day I learned about craft beer. It was like Chris Kuzmi taught me how to brew. And now he's fifth timer over here and it's fun. We all ended up in Long Island City, you know. So yeah, we, it was, we uh, chatted with him just yeah. recently. Yeah, oh, shout out to yeah, Kuzmi, yeah. 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 So I love Chris. So happy for him. I was over there the other day. Just had a jellyfish beer, man. It blew my mind. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is going to make your brand, you know. It's like, it was like I knew he'd succeed anyway but it's great to see it like in action the bar or the brewery packed and you know they they never forget their roots over there like their homebrew right. competitions they're they're um, they're so passionate him and Mary about everything and it's just a pleasure to watch them you know like oh, such great people good humans absolutely absolutely um, so, so j- jumping back to, to the brew pub so now you have you, you guys are, are pretty pretty close to releasing your first beers, right? Yeah, we are. We're um, brewing up a Torch and Crown. Um, John Dasser bought a, a Chelsea Brewing Company and flipped it and cleaned it. And they're producing some great, great beers up there. And they don't, they didn't have any. Well, it was strange. I reached out to Kelly Taylor from Calistone. I was like looking for somewhere for a home to brew while we're building out, and uh, you know, create a little bit of a buzz and hopefully try out trial and error our beers. So. We're, uh, it happened pretty quick. Um, a few other places uh, kind of didn't suit us and wouldn't let us do what we wanted to do. And you know, um, head brewer care was you know I'd, he needs to be involved in um, recipe de- development and also brewing on site on the day. So it's not contract brewing; it's more gypsy brewing. We're like partnering with them on things. So mm-hmm. they've been excellent to work with. You know, like they're just they're just eager as hell. They're just like us. You know, they want to get their beer right. We want to get our beer right. Like and they, I think I can't remember who who else they have up there, but. It's it's a joy to work up there for brew days and just work the whole day there with them and see everything evolve, everything changes every week from what they're doing. Like it's just it's becoming a really cool place to be. Styling it in. Yeah, it's really truly doing that, you know, and, and um so we got our uh, we're we got our license or all our T C B approvals and everything, so we're like, let's brew up there and we'll try and get more beer out because we won't get a lot of beer here out just for the just for in house consumption really. Mm-hmm. So we were like, let's get beer out to the to the city and, and beyond. And because I ordered my uh, ten barrel brew house that's coming next month, uh, so right that's going to be our production facility, and that's going close by. Actually, I'm just very close to sealing the lease right now on that in Long Island City. So I'm trying wow. to keep everything here, and um, so we'll be pilot system here, brewery over there, and then we brew in the Bronx and every twice a week probably. Wow. So is the other space going to have a tap room or just be yeah. production? Yeah. yeah, tap room, restaurant. Cool. Yeah, so that'll be a, a longer project. But we're going to get in. We're going to get the equipment in there, get it producing beer right away, and then we'll add to everything else later. Because this, the brew, the tap room, this is our tap room. Yeah, you know? yeah. So Alewife is our tap room. And over there, we'll just do production until we're ready to do something else a little bit more fun, you know, and creative. But we'll definitely have a tasting room over there for sure, you know. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us about about the the beer you're rolling out with and why you chose the beer? Yeah. Um, well, Care done um, three IPAs, uh, wheat beer and a pilsner. Um, you know, it's IPA. 
this is the decade of FPAs, it seems, you know, like everybody's yeah. crushing it, everyone's staying, oh, yeah. taking many, many different variations of it. Um, some great, some soup, some fruit, some, you know, you name the the haze, it's going to be, it's going to be released, which is great. It's creative, it's craft beer. It's what we're, we're all about. You do your own spin on whatever you want. You can call it whatever you want. Um, and, you, you know, I'm not going to side with purists and, and more, but I like the creativity of craft beer and, so what we decided to do is to come out with our session IPA first. Um, it kind of was a schedule that was kind of done for us, but it worked out pretty good. Uh, so we've done a session IPA, which is called Electric Rhino. Very crushable, tro- tropical with hints of pineapple and very light, light bodied, not too much of a malt base in it. So it's, I tasted it on carbonated and I'm really, really happy with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, our next beer is called Death to Ego. It's going to be our IPA. Um, it's more or less a um, spin on the times of what we're living through right now and we're trying to keep the man, man's ego at bay so this world can survive I think in a, in a whole big picture there and then uh, we're doing South Decapitation which is our double IPA it's carrots baby you know it's going to be a big big double IPA and um, then we I have love the name. in a week here it's, huh? a good, it's a good name yeah, yeah it's good it's uh, I love like it was, I think it was one of the first beer names he said to me and I was like that's fucking it I love it <laughs> so um I'm really excited to work with him on this. Like he's so, the professionalism is is insane with him, and he, he just knows his his beer, you know. And and I'm very excited to to build the whole brand around him, and and you know it's just the love of the beer that we both have that that's pushing us every day, you know. Just not there's nothing else, you know. It's like I I love what we do, and this is the next step for me in my craft beer world. So that's amazing. I mean, you live in you live in your dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> dream nightmare everything in one everything well, yeah yeah Ho- yep, hopefully more dream than nightmare it, you know no absolutely man absolutely and now and now you guys are having a release party here right yeah we're gonna do like friends family industry anybody that reads our instagram feed on uh the set, uh, 18th next week next tuesday wednesday wednesday i think it is yeah and um then on 420 we'll release to a few friends bars across the city mm-hmm. including my own but um it's not really about my own. It's about beer getting into the into the right hands, you know. So sure. I've all my my dream has always been like you know for years is I've always gone to the Blind Tiger for events and yeah tastings, whether I sneak Straight in place. in early or late night or whatever. But when I when I have time to go, I always go. And I always thought like sitting at the corner of the bar, like I want to drink my own beer here someday, you know. And so you know it's nerve wracking too because it's got to be really good because I probably shit on us so many breweries over the years <laughs> about their quality you know and and now it's gonna it needs to be good <laughs> i gotta i, I want to sit there and drink it proudly and you know i will i'm very trust i'm trust 100 percent in the carrots recipes and and you know the two of us buying some ideas off each other is is hilarious and scary and fun and you know it's it's a hell of a roller coaster we're on lately you know like the stress of building all this stuff and you know, I'm not a financial guy. I don't have, I don't come from a money background. It's like all my own, like graft kind of thing. And it's, it's easy for breweries to, to have money behind them. But when you have nothing and you're making something from nothing, it's, it's, it's quite the fucking roller coaster, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. So actually it's why I opened my own bars in the city was to, so I could build up a little bit of cash flow so I could put money into as well as, and we got a few, like just a couple of investors too that are helping us out, all salvage beer people massive passion for beer so you know we have a good group of guys together and girls and and 
this will be a hell of an adventure. I think I went way off topic there, didn't I? No, that was good though. That was good. That, that, that was that was thorough, <laughs> man. I mean, it's it's amazing all these things that you have going on, all these things that you're accomplishing now. It's it, it's it's really really cool. Excited to see what you guys are going to be coming out with. So I'm curious. So also coming up is Queen's Beer Week. Do you have, do you have any? Yeah, you we're, know, some yeah, some, some man, events planned. We're doing. We're going to do the festival down here on the water. I can't fucking remember what you call it. The landing, LSE landing. LSE landing, yeah. And, um, Queens Beer Week kickoff. Yeah, so we're going to pour there, and we're, I think we'll have two beers ready for that. We might have that to ego ready, but again, I'm not saying we're going to be 100 percent ready in that because we need to taste it. If it's shit, we're going to dump it. Sure. So hopefully, fingers, all the fingers <laughs> and toes crossed. Hopefully, it's not shit. Touch yeah. all the wood. Yeah. So we're gonna. I doubt it will be. Excuse me. Um. But uh, yeah, we're gonna pour there. We're gonna do a couple of events around friends' bars. We're going to do something at John Bride Smokehouse. We're going to do something Baroness Bar. And we're going to do Judy and Punch and Jerry's Bar. So we're going to go right. <laughs> we have a good crew of guys and girls together. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to unleash mayhem. <laughs> you know, we, we like to go out and have a good time. Like daytime for work, nighttime for promo, you know, and we're. Yeah, we like to do our uh, promo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Especially during Queen's Beer yeah, Week. I mean, I'm it's excited to should be yeah to sell people beer (laughs) other people Uh, yeah yeah man um so now it's kind of taking a step way back i know you said you know you grew up you you were your fourth generation bar owner but do you remember what the beer or the brewery was that got you into craft beer um six point six point yeah the ones definitely six point um i was a heineken drinker and a guinness drinker over here for years before i got into it but it was i'm the more i think about it, it was like three or four years i was here before i got it before I got a taste, you know, but I would the old tiger, DBA, Lower East Side, Sierras, um, mostly, and then in Brooklyn, when I was living in Brooklyn, I, I again like when we opened the cherry tree, like they had Harp, Stella, Guinness, and everything in there. And when I came in, it was like the deals they were doing, it was like out, and you know, again, Jeff and a friend of mine, Andrew McLeod, were like, let's 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 give this a shot. And I started tasting, it was like, fuck yeah, this, this is the greatest beer I've ever had in my life. I remember, like, it says, six point sweet action, righteous rye, and Bengali tiger, and we just poured shit out of it. It was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was like such a such a step up from everything else I've ever had in my life. It was like, you know, you can imagine what what a kid feels like when they just taste something delicious for the first time. Like, you know, right. it's like fucking explosion of your palate and was like yeah there was a couple of and then the adjustment making from four percent beers to seven eight percent beers oh yeah you yeah know, you're took, like oh i'll have three or four of these oh, and then yeah. you're like Whoa. everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like everything was fucking crazy you know like we were getting fucked up real quick real fast it was, <laughs> so you know there was a bit of an adjustment period but you know a lot of crazy fun things happened during that period and and, and uh good times so but yeah six point was i would definitely say 90 percent of my experience and and path into craft beer have you gone back since you've joined the craft side to europe and seen oh yeah a lot of stuff going on over there now i go to belgium and germany once a year twice sometimes and then i go to england and ireland quite a bit ireland's starting to blow up now with craft beer and england's doing real well with it and but you know my whole palette was designed around um duranka delisane cantillon um you know pouring that shit for eight years yeah yeah that's my that's true purity to me you know that's Mm -hmm. pure beer and america's the wild child you know creating everything leader of stuff you know like let's take this 
fucking spin it around upside down and boom let's break let's do something new you know and uh but the purest would be european like it's just like it's just like history really yeah. and um are you guys thinking about doing any mixed fermentation stuff yeah we're we're gonna do a lot of fun stuff here and not here probably will be very experimental right production then um, will be controlled you know so yeah i mean you gotta decide what you're gonna do as soon as yeah. you open that door like so. we have a lot of we have i have you know a few whiskey buddies uh Kieran my head from scotland so he's got the scotch connection i've got the irish connection yeah. We're, we're whiskey barrels, so teeling Irish whiskey are actually going to be um, coming in, doing, um, sending or sorry, shipping barrels over to us. Awesome. So uh, we're gonna have fun with them. We do some um, collaborations with that. Uh, I love teeling; they're my favorite Irish uh, whiskey. Um, they opened their doors to us when we went over there, and, and we try to do the same here. We actually replaced Jameson with oh, teeling. That's awesome. And. Uh, it was huge. <laughs> I don't think anybody's done that before. It's a huge seller. So, but um, you know, doing um, doing some funky barrel work is going to be high on our list too. You know, but we'll do that at our own facility. Nobody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we tend. To, we're going to do a lot of things. You know, we're going to play around with everything. We're not going to deny ourselves the fun of doing something. When... Wow. So what? So I mean, I mean, you may have already answered, but what's like the most exciting? What's driving you the most right now? What's something you're really looking forward to now? And then what are your thoughts for, for this whole thing going forward? Uh, exciting parts. I'm a nervous wreck right now. Um, I haven't slept properly in about three weeks. So it's crunch time for me right now. So it's there's a lot of moving parts with, within Alewife Brewing Company. Not to even mention anything that I'm doing outside of this too. So um, I guess getting the brew pub is first and foremost our tap room up and running properly like here it's been great we started up here in second floor of alewife and and um moving things around installing the tasting bar putting the game room over there we got to do outside and now we're moving we're doing like all re renovations and we're going to be we have to build a brew room so hopefully that'll be starting soon we're just waiting for our permits to be um given the okay and um once that starts, we're working with uh, Kushner Studios, the architects, and they're going to be doing, they've designed the brew room and everything for us with care and my input. And getting that system, we got a, the system beautiful. I'll show you guys after. It's uh, from SS Brewtech, and it's one barrel nano system, and sexy. And we'll have <laughs> probably about, we start with four or five fermenters and a couple of bright tanks, and then we'll have about 20 all together in total here. Wow. So we have a little fermenter farm downstairs, huge basement. So we're going to take that up, and I'll show you where we're going to do the barrel room and everything. So it's uh, this is definitely priority, but at the very same time, we're negotiating leases now, and we put three offers in for three different warehouses. So one of them accepted today. So now I got to start negotiating that lease with the lawyer, and you know it's all go go go. And then we got to do sales on top of that starting next week. Um, we already sold out our first batch, but. The, uh, there's a lot more coming too. We gotta make sure, you know. We gotta do our websites coming together now. We're nearly finished. Friend of ours, Alexis, is doing that. She's awesome. And um, gotta take pictures of beers. We gotta like design more recipes. Oh, it's fucking endless the amount of shit. Everything. <laughs> yeah, and then I have to run my bars. You know. So it's, but yeah, luckily, no big deal. Yeah, right. luckily I have I have two managers at each place that are just the tits. Like they're yeah, <laughs> they're really good at what they do. And. Uh, so they've taken a lot of pressure off and now I just, my job has always been managing manager for the last year or so. So after I stepped back from management myself, it's been delegating. It's the only way I can really get all my work done in a week. You know, it's it's a lot and I have great people around me to do that. Um, and opening new places, 
deciding when to do that and getting partners to do it together so i don't all have, i have i don't have to do 100 of it myself which is a pain in the ass so it's 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 i will never do a place that i find the right person to do it with like my gm because mm. i build a place around them i'll do the construction and everything and build it up around their personality you know and, right and right make sure it's a place they're ready and want to yeah you, to be involved you, with. you don't just build a build something for the sake of building something you don't it's not just another bar it's not nothing it's everything you put a year of your life into it to build it and you need the right person to run it and like their personality has to come out onto the their staff and to their customers and it's got to be a well-run establishment you know you, you, it's hard to make everybody happy but we try and hospitality and services is something that we excel at we try to do our best you know it's like the times we live in now, it's very hard to please everybody. Like you've been sure. very careful about every fucking thing. It's a nightmare, but you yeah. know, we got to adjust and adapt and reviews and you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's reviews about the Grand Canyon for fuck's sake. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> wasn't fucking sculpted, sculpted by Michelangelo. It was being there, you know, but um, anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of pressure on um, every angle. I have a crew of nearly close to a hundred people now. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on my shoulders to make sure they have a paycheck, they, they can support their families, they can take a vacation. You know, it's 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 a lot of right. a lot of work, a lot of pressure. So it's getting there. You know, it's just longer days now, just getting everything planned out. And I've just hired, I'm um, really excited about this actually, Pat Fondelier, um, formerly of Smoney Nose and longtime friend. And he's going to be my sales director. Oh, AKA nice. Beer cool. Beast. So yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking legend. So I'm really excited to get working with him, you know. And and I you know, it's it's fun gypsy brewing and everything up in Bronx, but it's gonna be fun to have our own house, you know. Yeah. And walking into your bar and it's stinking full of beautiful recipes. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be it's gonna make you thirsty, I'll tell you that much. And then like doing the production brewery is gonna be intense. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's freaking me out, but you know, I've been around places and people and for so long now that and I, I, I have a construction background, you know, I, I'm not going to take shortcuts, you know, or if I do, I know where to make them. Right. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, we're really excited to get going on that. But the work, the work we're all putting in as a team is incredible. Like I've got such good people working with me and I've um, got great partners. So I'm really excited to get it out. And I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it's, I see, I drink beer for a living, kind of, you know, and it's a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good, but I, you know, it's dangerous too. But what I do yeah. is, is, you know, like, uh, um, I get to taste a lot of good beers. A lot of first pours of, of a lot of breweries. I get like, I get to see where, where the, where the, where the market's going. Yeah. It's not like the craziness of, of beer is it shifts in so many different directions at so many different times. And, you know, you could be gearing up for a summer of say Goza or, Berliner Weisses, whatever, and then next thing, boom, uh, Pale Ales just came back, and now they're fucking crushing it. And now you're like, oh shit, we got to get this out. And then when does the Pale Ale craze stop? How did, how hazy does Pale Ales get now? You know, yeah. what's the new category going to be for this? And like, you you just got to stay ahead of it. And I I don't want to be a industry leader or anything. I just want to be able to keep up <laughs> because <laughs> right. you know you can never. It's hard to keep up, and. Mm. You just got to just put stuff out there and then somebody else will do it better and then you got to do it better. And it's like, you know, you got to keep up with the market. And it's a beautiful market and it's got full of beautiful people. And it's and it's different than many other industries. Not that I know about many other, other industries, but it's 
they help each other. There's collaborations. There's a it's yeah. a family. You know, it's one big fucking family. They're all fucking nuts. <laughs> There's divorces. They're back together, and you know, it's it's insane. It's like you know, families are nuts, and yeah. there's no difference in this industry. Except for we'll give each other a hug because there's beer involved and, and we get nice after a couple of beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm fucking sorry, man. Here, give us, yeah, come on, let's, let's do something together. You know, come, come on, buy your beer back, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Fall out over stupid things every week and it's, uh, but you know, we bounce back, you get stronger and it's, uh, it's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, it sounds, sounds pretty crazy. So no, I, I know it, probably a little further down the line but you guys obviously eventually going to be thinking about canning as well right we're actually we are we're already thinking about it um so what i wanted to do first of all um not just i care as well our head brewer he wants to um we we're going to do like a 60 barrel batch right off and it's a lot it's a lot of beer you know it's like you get a good yield it's fucking 110 115 kegs you know yeah and i didn't want to put something out there that was that much and be stuck with that much if something went wrong right. something, something was infected something anything can go wrong you know right i know breweries that that had it had the asshole problem for nearly a year before they find the problem it could be a little valve that wasn't that built up bacteria you know anyway so we we're, we're gonna do two we're gonna do a 30 bar batch of everything first five beers and if everything goes well we'll up, uh, scale up the recipes and probably do uh, double batches and I think, yeah, they have 60 bar fermenters. So, yeah, we'll just do double batches and uh, crank it. And then wow. when we're, I think after we do the 60s, then we'll, we'll can probably about 20, 30 barrels of it and then do the rest in kegs, six stills and half barrels. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it. I think, yeah, we'll just get a mobile cannon unit in. I think they're working on getting their own up there. So that'll be cool when, when it's... When they get Build their in own. basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll, the price will come way down too. So you're not buying fucking ten, twelve dollar cans that are, you know, you you gotta yeah. pass on. Unfortunately, you gotta pass on the cost to the consumer. Yeah. Right. And um, but beer is getting expensive now. You know, I never thought I'd be buying two hundred forty dollar IPAs, but here's me like a fucking idiot buying two hundred forty dollar <laughs> IPAs. But it's good beer, you know, and people want it, and the the demand is there, and when demand's there, economics works out, you know. Yeah. Uh, absolutely absolutely so now do you have a time frame then how, how soon do you think you'll be doing all that uh we started we're on our we already done two batches um oh canon yeah the sorry the uh, may june may or june i'm not Very sure nice. we got still a, pretty yeah we're not in a scale, right, scale, yeah. We're not around in a the corner yeah. yeah i'm not in a rush but yeah it is fucking around the corner yeah <laughs> it's april it's Shit. april right. already right <laughs> right <laughs> that'd be um, huge you do it doing queen's beer week that'd be crazy yeah i can't wait to do i you know we're we're I don't want to rush in. Quality means more to me than oh, 100%. quantity. Yeah. So Definitely. Again, I want to be comfortable to drink. Like I'm drinking Fiddlehead IPA and Stillwater Extra Dry right now. And it's, <laughs> I want them as good as this, you know? And yeah. It's, yeah. It's quality control. So we're going to be like, what we want to do, we're going to do a test batch here at AOI first. And we'll uh, monitor it and hopefully make some adjustments for the next one. And then we're going to put some kegs away and see how they sit. Maybe it'll guess so we can estimate how long they're going to last for without kind of um, a shelf life and everything. Yeah, yeah, we need to figure out, um, you know, what's the hop dissipation going to be on it? Like, what's going to go wrong? Will there be off flavors coming out later on? We don't know. Like, so I wanted to get warm, cold, warm, cold, and drink it in th- two, three weeks. You know. Yep. Because you never know what bars are going to do, and so by not tapping their beer right yeah. away, you know, so they could be sitting there, they could forget about it, and then tap, and then somebody goes in and drinks it, and it's fucking tasting like shit. I don't want that to happen, you know. We'll take the keg back. 
I don't want like I remember yeah. other hops. Jesus, they were uh, they were on me. You know, like you tapping the keg this week. I was like, yeah, one hundred percent. And we'd forget, and then they'd never let you forget that you forgot. You know? <laughs> but it, that's that's fucking quality control. So you know, do you, you got to be doing it? Do you, can you self distribute or is it all? Yeah, we're self distributing. Okay, I mean, because that does give you that vehicle to to know who's putting your beer out and at least have yeah. some kind of recourse, right? Yeah, we're going to self distribute. Actually, my brother Joe offered to drive a van for me. Last night. <laughs> so, taking you up in that, you know, pimp um, out the pimp out the van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got my I got <laughs> I got my nephew coming over. Actually, Ashin coming in. Uh, when is he in June or something? So he's got a job for the summer. There you Big brood of a kid, you know, he'll be delivering beer all over the city for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Heffing part, some kids. It'll, it'll be me and Pat Fondelier probably first, um, dropping around kegs everywhere. And, you know, we're going to do it until we can't do it anymore, you know. Um, we got, like, friends of mine, Mike Schatz, Schatzel up in Buffalo, won a couple of kegs, so weekend in Buffalo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's going to be fun doing distribution. I've always had this idea of doing it at night time. And traffic is gone. I can't. I can't deal with traffic. You know, and bars are open at four a.m. Come on. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a good point. I'll give you this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, then it becomes an insanely long day for me. You know, so uh, we'll figure something out. But we're trying to get bars now for uh, four twenty. I think the batch nearly gone. Pat went crazy yesterday or today, and I had a few friends that they wanted to pour, and I'm reaching out to more, and. Uh, the batch is gone. I think there's only like five kegs left. So wow. I haven't even tasted the final result. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good sign. I just hope we can keep it up, you know, and, and maintain quality, you know. Yeah. So, and we want to have a bit of a buzz around our label, you know. Like we work hard, but we play harder, you know. And yeah. Absolutely. That's my philosophy is like, you know, it's, you gotta you can go out and party with the boys one night, but you got to wake up like a man the next morning, you know. So it's... <laughs> yeah. In this industry, it's really hard. <laughs> like, holy shit, I went out for one. It's at seven o'clock. It's now fucking 7 a.m. It's bright out. I'm going home. <laughs> Sorry, wife. <laughs> Those are the sacrifices you got to make. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I've, I've got a rock of a wife. I She helped me build everything. I wouldn't be able to do it all on my own, you know, because she ran here. My dear wife, when I was opening, going crazy in Manhattan, you know, yeah. so it was, uh, I, yeah, she's massive integral part of my company, so, well. and now she's, uh, she's actually managing Rochard right now tonight, and uh, uh, she was supposed to be out of the business, <laughs> she's back every so often, you know, like, thank you. That's the one I haven't made it to yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, this I've been to the other two, and tonight's my first We're doing the grand opening, 420. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and I have a dang fest that Booz Gold in 420, we're launching Alewife 420. Yeah. 420 420 there you go it's a good day <laughs> just jumping back to, to here at, at, at Alewife so now what what are you guys also serve food here and you mentioned you were you guys are going to be revamping your menu right can you talk yeah. about that a little um, bit Josh Chef Josh has been waiting for this time for so long we honestly could not afford to it we had to do we had to do a basic menu for the last couple of years like business has been real real tough here no matter what beers we bring in no matter what it's just a very tough neighborhood it's a brand new neighborhood there's a lot of expensive buildings going here yeah they're very high rent and you know it's hard to attract people to a side street in long island city close like yeah. what is it 100 points so it's like it's way off we're not on on vernon we're not on any big neighborhood like with lots of people so it's business has been really hard so josh has to bite his tongue for a while <laughs> and uh, now we're ready to invest into the food program we're just going to get the brewery um done first and but he's doing tests every night he's doing different specials of stuff so we're keeping track of like what's selling yeah tasting everything um 
and we're gonna i think we're gonna have a cool little menu you know it's it's i don't want a big menu for brew pub if we if we're if we're gonna get volume and we do like you know we're doing a if we do a cam release and and it's successful and our beer is good people will come for it hopefully and i want a kitchen to keep up with a couple hundred people coming outside yeah. you know like and we have a big space so we can get them in here they're not waiting outside in the cold or anything so oh yeah you know customer service man yeah. <laughs> definitely so we want a fast kitchen but we also want quality kitchen so it's a very very hard thing to do and I have, like, my sister was a chef. I always got barred from the kitchen, so I never really learned. <laughs> fucking, I done peeled vegetables, you know. And uh, But uh, Josh is, he's the shit, you know. He's young, creative, fucking hungry. Yeah. He's doing some crazy fun stuff in the kitchen. Like, his, I come in some days and go, oh, my God, what is that? That is fucking amazing, you know. So I'm really looking forward to just unleashing his talent and let him go nuts. And, um but yeah, we're doing some fun stuff with like Sigmund's pretzels. We're doing like um, a tap room special pretzel. Um, so they're mad creative down there and they're really excited about doing something with us. So um, I can't be the one to do it. Uh, Josh has got to go, you know, use right. your strengths and he's the best. So um, he'll be doing that. We're going to be doing like beer dinners and stuff. We do like up here with our tasting bar. We're going to set up long tables and do beer dinners every so often. Not Not a lot, you know. Just maybe once a quarter or something, have some fun, mm-hmm. invite people yeah. in for new beers that we're creating. Because this here will be the pilot system. You know, this is right. everything that's made here will go to our our production brewery, our right. ten bar, where our ten bar system is, or else to the Bronx. You know, so everything is developed here. And if you come here and drink here, you get to taste what is coming next from Alewife Brewing Company. Is that a little bit yeah. like how Dogfish does, from what I hear? Yeah, like you got the real- oh, it's exactly what it. You know, Swear to God, Sam, have... had no idea you were doing it. <laughs> no, I've been drinking there. I've, I've, you I've never been. nineteen percent but... beers. Yeah, I've never been, but that's what I've heard is Rehoboth. It is. Yeah, always they'll... has little stuff going on, and then always. if it does really well, there too. then they push it, you know, to the yeah. the main brewery. Yeah, that's fucking exactly. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not. <laughs> well, you're falling on. You're falling on good laurels, right? So it ain't <laughs> nothing bad about that, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, fucking well, well shot in land, right? There you go. But you know. Fucking caught there, what? <laughs> um, but, uh, we have, um, yeah, I, I love Dogfish. I've always been a big supporter of theirs. They've always supported us. They've done events here. Sam comes up um, when he's in the city, always visits their wife, and we try to stay true to his brand too. We always bring in his beers. We always, like, there are always cans of his beers here. Um, they are certainly the fucking industry leaders, if you want to talk industry leaders. Right, they're, right. they're the guys that had the balls to, to experiment when nobody else could afford to and nobody else wanted to take a risk like that they were the ones that create like really crafted what beer is about today and um, you know they made some wild shit yeah they fucking made beers that were i was at a, at a thing in the discovery oh yeah the thing. brewmasters or yeah, whatever. yeah yeah we that were, was fun fun little show we for in the little Times run square what was it? It was like their Egyptian beer. What beer would it taste like? Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fucking nasty. But, you know, hey, you done it. Yeah. Your yeah. beer was, was going to suck back was, then. Was I'm that sure. the one where they so, like, yeah. chew corn to make it or something? No, that was in South America, I think. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, yeah. The, the chewing corn, that, that, is, that shit is gross. Yeah. When they just spit well, in the back of the thing. That was crazy. Doing it. Boil, it, was, it was a really interesting <laughs> story. But, yeah, yeah, maybe not the best beer. But, hey. You know, would have been something Again, if they made it like that. Though. Something different, right? That, Imagine, was, that was the beauty of it. Well, they're in a fucking in a modern brewery now. 
watching sitting around like a bunch of people sitting there chewing corn spitting in <laughs> you know <laughs> fucking the health department would just go what do we do here you know and, like the amount of complaints Yelp would probably fucking shut down <laughs> it would be close like it wouldn't handle the fucking reviews you know oh come on that would become a trendy hipster thing real quick that would be <laughs> yeah. real quick I could imagine yeah. it skinny, Chew your skinny own jeans beer. and corn let's go yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brooklyn, you heard it in Queens first. <laughs> Artisanally chewed beer. Yeah, there, you go, there you go. The fucking rage. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be brilliant if that took off. Oh, wow. Let's hope somebody does it. <laughs> so we can sit there and go, told you. Told you it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Are you going to do it? Fuck no. <laughs> I'm drinking that shit. Thanks for listening to this week's show. For all my New York folks out there, make your way to Alewife this week, 420. Got an awesome event going down there. You get a chance to try the electric rhino. Good things happening at a great place. Great food, great people, great drinks. What else could you ask for? I mean, I don't know, really. I mean, that's about all I can think of. We'll be back next week with part two of our conversation with Patrick. But until then, drink local, drink fresh, repeat. Cheers.